up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode four of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixel Bar. Hey, guys. On this week's show, we're talking about Dragalia Lost, finally! <laughs> Doing a little quiz and talking about our first experiences with a Nintendo game. So, uh, what are we playing this week? I've been playing uh, Wonder Song. I'm doing a review for lootpots.com. It'll probably be up by the time this recording goes out, so if you're interested in what I think about it, then check it out. And there's also going to be a video going up of kind of a first impressions. This was that game that we spoke about that none of us really knew what it was. And it's sort of, I, I think it's like one, another one of those ones I'm going to put in my review that it's marketed very differently to how I would market it. Oh, okay. It's like a Night in the Woods meets um, Guitar Hero. It's oh. <laughs> a re- it's not it's not really a platformer or a puzzle game. There are some aspects of platform and puzzle, but it's mainly a narrative driven game, and it's mainly about unraveling the story and meeting people and talking to them. I like that. It's funny though because you say that it's like um, a night in the woods with Guitar Hero, which also is like Guitar. It Hero. is, yeah. It does have the Guitar Hero aspect. It's very, very heavily inspired by Night in the Woods. Even down to like the loading screen is like the main person running, so you can tell they've taken heavy inspiration from that game. Which is no, it's no bad thing. It's more of a family-friendly story, unlike Night in the Woods, which touched on things like murder. So it's family-friendly. <laughs> yeah, a little less, a little less uh, deep than that, but. I'm enjoying it, and yeah, you can check out my full review on lootpots.com. Awesome. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Uh, As for me, as I tease in the intro, I finally spent some time with Dragalia Lost. (laughs) What's what's that been, like, four four whole weeks that you've been promising (laughs) everyone that we would find out about Dragalia Lost? Because over here in Europe, none of us can play the bloody thing. So I know you've all been been waiting with bated breath to see what I thought, to hear the hot takes... And uh, I've got a spicy hot one for you. It's uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good or good good? No, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I think I have a few specific issues with it so far, which are I am not, I'm not super far into it. I played it for about probably an hour and a half last night and I got to, um, I think the third chapter of the game and man, there's a lot of dialogue. Like, I know in my article that's up on LootPots.com, I talked about how there's, like, this big story and they're going to constantly be adding to it, but there's a lot of dialogue. In that hour and a half I played, most of it was watching cutscenes and reading. How does that work for, like, a a mobile game? Can you jump out and jump back in and it goes back into that cutscene? So, the uh, I haven't tried jumping out while I was in a cutscene, but I did have a scenario where um, I was in the middle, because I was playing it, like, at night before I went to bed, so it's, I'm playing it, like, almost two in the morning, and I was in the middle of starting a quest, and then it was like, oh, hey, it's the next day, so we need to kick you out and give you your dailies. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I imagine if I had been in a cutscene, that's probably what would have happened. But basically, it's every time you go to the quests, as it were, there's like chapter one, and it, 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 it tells you story. And you if you do the story, it's literally just dialogue or a cutscene. And then you'll know when you're actually about to go into a level because it gives you some stats about like, what your power level should be for your team and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, so it, it's a pretty clear delineation between the two, but it's not like I have the ability to be like, well, I feel like playing, so let me play. I feel like engaging with the story, so let me engage with the story. It's very much like time for a story, so buckle up unless you're willing to just click the skip button and, you know, force your way through all of it. But since I wanted to, like, talk about it, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to read the story and see how it is. How is this story? Is it, is it engaging you? Is it an interesting story? Uh, it's it's not it's not bad, per se, but it, I don't know, it, it feels like a very generic JRPG story, you know, where it's like, you're the seventh prince of this kingdom, and, like, you're not important, but now your father, who's the king, has given you this very important mission that you and your sister have to go find this magical dragon rock and and, and re-engage the pact with dragons so that we can use magic to keep monsters away. And it's like, all right, cool. Like, it it feels like a very generic JRPG fantasy story kind of set up, and the characters are very, like, kind of tropey and one-dimensional so far. Like, it's not grabbing me storyline-wise, you know? And, and, like, gameplay-wise, it's a lot like Pokemon Quest. I don't know if, if either of you guys played that. Um, but it was, uh, a mobile game that came to Switch first, and mm-hmm. then eventually came to, uh, iOS and Android. You know, it's like a, a light RPG. Like, there, there's weapons, there's stats, there's all this depth 
to your characters in terms of like how you can build them out and, and level them up. But in terms of like actual gameplay, it's kind of you're dropped on a map and you know in like pokemon quest your characters would move for you automatically this time around you are actually moving them around the screen like by dragging your like hand across the the touch screen okay which is interesting because i've never played a mobile game where movement was like that it kind of reminds me of like spirit tracks not spirit tracks what was the other one on the ds phantom hourglass Yes, Phantom Hourglass, thank you. Where, you know, you your character would just move wherever you kind of move the stylus. Mm-hmm. It sounds a bit like a, a point-and-click kind of uh, thing. So like something like Diablo, where you move the mouse and it follows it. Yeah, it's, it's not like a point-and-click, because it's not like you tap the screen and then they go to where you tapped. It's like you literally drag your thumb, and as you drag your thumb, the character moves. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, that's a bit so, weird. It's weird, and it's not super elegant. Like, it's fine when you're just trying to run forward, but when you need to, like, turn a corner or, like, move, like, change your trajectory really quickly, it feels very clumsy. And there's not enough, like, movement-oriented stuff for that to be super problematic, but it definitely doesn't feel good. Whereas, like, when you're in combat, it feels pretty tight, actually, because... Once you kind of get in, your your all of your characters kind of snap to being like, oh, we're in combat mode. And then you can kind of just affect when they're hitting and when they're dodging. So you you, you have to worry less about exactly where you're going. And, and when you're not focused on that very precise movement, it actually feels pretty good. So it's real time rather than turn based. Yes. Yeah, okay. you tap you tap to attack and then you have like a special meter and then a dragon meter that you can activate and the special meter lets you do a special attack and the dragon meter lets you transform into your dragon form. Okay. You think you're going to persist with it? I definitely think I'll play it at least a bit longer. Like I woke up this morning and I had that that mobile game drug dealer text where it's like, "Hey, your power's all back up. Don't you want to play again?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll jump back in." So is that the monetization strategy then? You pay to get your power up to continue playing? So there is um, a gotcha system for rolling characters. It's very similar to like Fire Emblem Heroes, if you played that at all, where uh, it it seems to me anyway that the primary monetary incentive is to buy the in-game currency that you can use to roll new characters, upgrade your characters faster, or um, skip times where you would have to wait because you have like a certain amount of character like energy where you know you hit a wall and it's like hey do you want to keep playing like give us a thousand dragon bucks or whatever it's called you know um whereas you know you could also just wait and then it will replenish naturally so it's it's very similar to kind of both of the approaches that you saw in fire emblem heroes and animal crossing pocket camp just kind of combined but uh like i said i mean i played the game for over an hour last night and i didn't have any there wasn't any moment where the game asked me for money, except for when it was teaching me how to roll characters and how the shop and the upgrade system works. So it's like, teaching you how to spend your money. But it was like, here's how you could spend money. But then after that, like once I was actually playing, there wasn't like the whole, you know, even like uh, Pocket Camp had that where it would pop and be like, oh, like, do you want to spend real money to speed this up? And it's, it didn't even try to push that on me in my experience. So you, you've not experienced any point in the game where it's kind of like you can't really proceed unless you either wait X amount of time or you pay. Right, not yet. And I think that that would definitely come if I had kept playing, but it seems like you can get a solid hour or two out of the game before you hit that wall, which, I mean, in my opinion, for a mobile game is fine. I'm not generally going to sit and play a mobile game for two hours at a time. I think this is a game that I'll probably play, you know, when I'm getting up in the morning, need something mindless to do while I'm in line at the bank. Like, this is when I'm going to be playing Dragalia. So it's a game I see myself playing in like 15 minute bursts, not two hours at a time. But that actually leads me to what is, I think, probably my biggest criticism of it. And it's a super minor thing, but it's just really annoying, which is every chapter of the game, it asks you to download the next chapter. Like, it doesn't just download all the content at once, which is good if you don't have a ton of space on your phone, I guess, or if you download the game and you play, like, one chapter and you decide it's not for you. You don't need to have, like, you know, 30 gigs worth of text and cutscenes on your phone. But the fact that 
I opened up the game to play it for the first time, and I had to wait 10 minutes for a gigabyte and a half download. And then every single time that something else comes up, it's like, oh, hey, download it. And we recommend that you be on Wi-Fi for downloads bigger than, like, 50, you know, megabytes. And it's like, well, every download's bigger than 50 megabytes. So, (laughs) What phone are you playing on, iOS, Android? Uh, I'm on Android, and I have the um, the Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus. Have you noticed any okay. kind of significant battery drain while you're playing it compared to other games, or is it just seems standard and not noticeable? Seems pretty standard, and like I have everything cranked, like I have the graphics turned all the way up and all that kind of stuff, and it it seems to be running pretty pretty cleanly. And you know, I had charged my phone up before I went to bed, and then didn't plug it in afterwards and i still had you know like a solid 75 percent or something like that but the the galaxy s8 is really good on battery so your mileage may vary on that one if you have you know an older phone or or, you know one that doesn't handle um high stress programs as well then you know i I could see your situation being a little different but if you've got you know a uh, a high performing android or, or ios device it seems like it'll run pretty cleanly Compared to other games Nintendo have put out on smartphones um, that you've played anyway, kind of where would you rank it in terms of, you know, enjoyability? Uh, I think I kind of need to put a little more time into it before I can, like, cleanly rank them, yeah. you know, because so far it seems like it's the most serious game they've put out on mobile, that it, it has its own lore, it's a new IP, it, it really seems like it's trying to do a lot of things, which... I am interested in, you know, I applaud it for wanting to try those things, and I'm just not exactly sure how I feel about all those elements yet. Whereas, you know, when I picked up Heroes and Animal Crossing, I think both of them got their hooks in me quicker because I cared about the IP more, and they were simple, like, to understand right away. Whereas this game feels like it still has layers I haven't explored. Like, I haven't even gotten into the whole, like, town base building aspect of the game yet. So I want to reserve full judgment on it until I've seen all that it has to offer, or at least until I've seen a more significant portion of what it has to offer. But I would say in terms of just... um, First impressions? First impressions and like what's gone into it, Mm -hmm. it seems like it's a cut above. You know, it it does seem like the, the effort put in here was much higher. And I don't mean to, you know, speak ill of those other games, but this seems like a pretty robust uh, attempt at trying to give us like a premium mo- mobile product. And, you know, I think whether or not it's going to speak to you is going to depend a lot on your tastes in gaming. And if like you're a big JRPG nerd, maybe some of the stuff that isn't working for me will work better for you. But uh, I- I'm I'm definitely going to play it a little bit more and-, and try to come back with some final thoughts for you guys next week. And I would say just for initial impressions right now, if you have access to it, go to download. It's free. You know, and and see how you feel about it, because I think there there might be something interesting here. Have they used the same tactics they did with um, Fire Emblem, where you you can link up your Nintendo account to earn kind of silver coins when you achieve a certain task in the game? Or so I haven't seen myself unlock anything other than an in-game reward for linking my Nintendo account. Like I got some of the in-game currency um, for linking my account, but I haven't noticed getting any coins yet. Okay. It's interesting. So then I also got to play a little bit of Mario Party this week, which, uh, Stephen, you were completely right uh, in terms mm-hmm. of saying that it was a return to form for the series. As soon as we booted it up, I I had a huge smile on my face. I was like, oh boy, we're back. Like, this this feels like the Mario Party I've been missing. Yeah. What did you What did you play? Were you just in the board game mode, or did you play any of the other modes? So uh, I played a regular game of Mario Party which Mm -hmm. was uh, a lot of fun. You know, obviously, ton of new mechanics. Everything I remember is totally different, so that was nice to be surprised to have even some of the kind of formulaic things that they brought back shaken up was really cool. And then we also tried out the the co-op mode that I wrote that article about, the, like, downhill river thing, and that was a blast. I I wasn't sure how the whole co-op thing would would translate to Mario Party because I feel like competition is such a big part of it. But I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought, like, it seems a, like a great way for you to play Mario Party with people who just might not have that skill set yet. Or if you want to teach them enough of the basics so that they can play with you. Oh, we can all work together. You know, you're working against the clock. There's still, I think, a fair amount of tension 
but instead of it being against one another, it's against the computer. So if you're playing with your, you know, your mom or dad or your little brother or your significant other or somebody who doesn't really have that, like, kind of controller shorthand memorized, it's it's not a bad way to pick it up and, and help them learn how the motion controls work, how do some of the more basic mini games operate. Uh, so I think that's a really great addition. Yeah, because in that mode, essentially, you're traveling down the river. You have to use the motion control in order to navigate the boat and row the boat and you're trying to pop balloons and then obviously the balloons all of the games all the mini games you play are co-op mini games rather than you competing against one another which you do get some of those co-op games or some of those games where you're just trying to collect coins in the normal board game mode but the majority of the games in the board game mode are definitely one versus one like four player mini games and so it's nice that those have been added and it's there if you do want to play it and it's quite good as well because you've got at least kind of i think it's at least six different ways you can go so you have like different splits at the river and depending on which direction you go there's like six different endings you can do and then if you get to the ending it like uh, you can eventually unlock something i haven't haven't unlocked anything yet but depending on if you go to all of them you unlock something new but i'm not sure what that is yeah and i think that's something that else has been really attractive to me is that there is a lot of content to unlock there's characters i haven't gotten yet i think there's some boards to unlock so it seems like there's a good uh carrot you know on the end of the stick here to keep playing yeah and it's just fun on its face so you it's a, it's it's very much like uh mario kart in that way where there's a lot to unlock and the game is fun enough that you're like oh cool like that's that's actually an incentive for me to play by myself so that when I do get to sit down with my friends next time or my family next time and play the game, that I've got all the stuff for us to do. Mm-hmm. So I've not played uh, Mario Party yet, but from the way you guys describe it, do you think Nintendo would have an opportunity to kind of expand the game more with DLC in future, maybe additional boards or mini games or characters? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think you may see free DLC like they've done with Splatoon and just continue to add boards because the boards they've got there... There's like there's one of them I really like, which is like this fruit based one. Oh, that's like the one that bases. I played. That one's really cool. Very but pleasant. So, yeah, a couple of the other ones, are, or one of the other ones, is a little bit more generic, and I'd definitely like to see some of the more elaborate ones from like Mario Party Five. There's like this Sweet Kingdom one where you like cut a slice of cake and it floats you over to a different place. I'd like to see them just rejuvenate some of those old boards that people love from the old, from the classic the GameCube games. They're the best Mario Parties, to be honest, and bring those over to Super Mario Party. I think people would really like that, and then also bring in different characters. I don't really know how many more characters they could add without it being sort of a super smash brothers scenario rather than super mario party i mean i hope they do that maybe they'll go down the uh same route as mario kart and you'll get a mercedes-benz board coming up in future <laughs> <laughs> yeah with link's bike yeah yeah i i don't know i would love that though i think it would i i've never understood why they don't do more cross-pollination like i know that's kind of smash's thing but it was awesome to bring like zelda and the villagers to mario kart you know i thought that was a really like fun addition and it didn't make it feel less mario you know it just made it feel more nintendo which is yeah not not a problem in my eyes but i think something that you touched on before would be a really easy path forward which is just do like legacy packs you know like oh like here's everybody's favorite board from the original mario party and here's like 10 of those bet the best mini games from that game and we've updated them and here's that pack you know, I mean, they sort of did that anyway in Mario Kart. You had, like, the three different Rainbow Roads by the time they'd finished releasing all the DLC right. on Mario yeah. Kart 8, so... Yeah, like, I would totally be down for remix packs of the last 11 Mario parties. You know, well, maybe not all 11, because the last couple were... But, uh, I did notice that they actually had a game mode where you can play in the Wii U style, where you all get in the car and, like, you all move at the same time and everything, it's... and I was like... Ooh, why did they... Nobody wants this. Nobody It's not that. quite the same. It's partner play. It's basically... Do you remember the Battle Royale mode from um, the old GameCube games? Where it is... Those in like you, four, right? Yeah, you team up with another person. So you both play together. So it's a good okay. way to do it if you're like playing... If you're a parent and you're playing with a kid who's not necessarily very good, you could kind of help them out by being the person who's also on their team. So it gives more of a level playing field. Oh, okay. Rather than everyone being in the same car like they were in the last one and just navigating the board at the same time, which was ridiculous. Such a nightmare. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. But either way, it feels like Mario Party is back uh, to true to form. And uh, if you were on the fence about it, if you, you know, had been missing Mario Party as much as as we did, uh, 
definitely worth picking up in my opinion. And it's a game I, I look forward to spending a ton more time with. Do you think you're going to get it, Pixel Par? Do you think it's a game that you're interested in? To be honest, games like that, I kind of skirt around and I tend to play other stuff, at the, you know, because there's a lot of indie games that come out at the same time as big sure. Nintendo ones. And when there's a game like Mario Party, which doesn't particularly appeal to me, usually anyway, I'll go and check out some of the lesser known games just to kind of see what's happening besides Nintendo because mm-hmm. otherwise I buy most Nintendo first party games so I don't get as much time to check out the smaller ones alright so that's going to wrap it up for what we're playing this week remember if you guys want to get in touch you can hit us up at potscast at loopots.com that's p-o-t-s-c-a-s-t at loopots.com follow at loopots on twitter or visit us at loopots.com and let us know what uh, what you're playing this week <laughs> Moving right along, uh, talking about what's out this week on Nintendo platforms. This Thursday, October eighteenth, we've got The Room coming to Nintendo Switch. What's I don't I don't know anything about this game. I've got the page open in front of me. Do you know it, Steve? Yeah, it's like a it's, it's a kind of escape the room game, right? It looks like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was there originally out on like um, the iPad and other platforms and things. And uh, Terence wrote an article for us last week about. Okay, so it's it's won a BAFTA as well, so I guess it must be good. It it simply must be good if it's been recognized by the BAFTAs. It it looks like... Yeah, which is weird that it's still the Academy of Film and Television, and it's just like, where the hell is video games in there, but whatever. Just rename it BAFTAG, that'll do. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like they've redone the uh, visuals for the room as well for Nintendo Switch, so it's had a, a visual overhaul to make it look better as well. Okay. I, I distinctly remember playing it on, on the iPad years ago. I don't know how many years ago, but it was a long time ago. Was it good? Mm. I I can vaguely remember it. From what I remember, I think I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement if I've ever yeah. heard one. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to be expensive. It's a six ninety nine game, pick up and play kind of thing. I don't think it lasts particularly long, probably like an hour or two. Yeah. Uh, but so if you're into those kind of puzzly escape room kind of things then it's probably worth picking up nice so then friday october 19th we've got dark souls remastered which prepare to die and prepare to be disappointed i don't think i don't think that's fair but prepare to press the wrong button the entire bloody time because you're going to be clicking (laughs) b to select things Uh, you guys made it sound bad uh from your demo takes so i i i'm interested to see what people think about this one I said I cancelled my pre-order, or I would cancel my pre-order. And I'll be honest, did you actually? Have you? I did not cancel my pre-order. Oh! So you, you threw the shade, you make the game sound terrible, and then you're still going to buy it. Spoken like a true mark. Hey, you're talking to a guy that ordered Troll and I after it released, and f- knowing full well what he'd be getting. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen what you've done to it, so it's fine. <laughs> you've redeemed yourself. So Tuesday, October 23rd, we've got Windjammers, uh, which is, you know, classic, classic, uh, ridiculous game coming to the Switch. So uh, I'm glad you know what it is, because we were discussing it before, and we both have heard of the game, but neither of us have played it. It's like, it's a it's a weird little arcadey game. It was on the, the Genesis, uh, and it's, it's like, and it's like badminton, kind of, like, but okay. with like, it's like badminton, but with like a 90s Z on the end, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like an old Mega Drive game, right? Got it. Yeah. I, I, know, I know number two's coming next year. So. Right. It, it's, uh, if you like like arcadey competitive sports games, it's up your alley. So mm-hmm. I think right at home on Nintendo Switch. Uh, then we also got Crayola Scoot. Which I'm, is, I'm oh, really yeah. looking forward to this game. Have you seen? Have you Steve? seen it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like it's like a, it's like Tony Hawk meets Splatoon. It looks awesome. Ooh, you like yeah. grind to like paint the place essentially, and you're on you're on a you're on like um not skateboard but what are they called a scooter. A scooter, yeah, the hence scoot. That makes sense. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, it can't, it can't be a scooter. He's not forgetting the word scooter. It's right. I was the title. forgetting the word scooter. Uh, but yeah, you are on a scooter and you're grinding around and doing tricks around different places to try and splat Crayola crayons everywhere. It looks like ink. It looks just like Splatoon if you look up the gameplay. They, I think they have taken because in Tony Hawk's, didn't you have? Was it like graffiti tag or something where you did the yeah best graffiti trick? mode. 
Yeah, so it kind of looks like that mixed with Splatoon. I think that's kind of where the devs have drawn their inspiration from. And then they chuck Crayolan just because it's just a brand. Who cares? Yeah. It looks like a fun game anyway, so I'll probably check that out. I'm sorry, I can't I can't resist throwing this pun in your face. Is that where you think they've drawn inspiration from, Pixel? <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's it's terrible. But, you know, I grew up reading superhero comics, so I appreciate a god-awful pun. <laughs> uh, so the, the last game out this week is Just Dance 2019, yeah. also coming to Nintendo Wii. Yeah, it's coming all <laughs> the way back to the Wii. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> they still put out this damn game on Wii. I can't believe it. And Wii U! Which is, like, even more baffling, because at least the Wii has an install base. (laughs) What's even weirder is you can play the Wii game on the Wii U anyway, so did you really need to release an additional version? I guess it's just literally compiler HD and that output the thing. Maybe you can dance along with the uh, gamepad in your hand on the Wii U, (laughs) but on the Wii you have to hold two Wiimotes and kind of swing your arms. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to do some dancing uh, Tuesday, it's all you. It's so strange how many times they pump out the same games. Like, every every year you get a FIFA. Every year you get a Call of Duty. Every year you now get a Just Dance. And people still buy them every single year. I'm surprised Just Dance hasn't just become a solo game that you just buy songs for. I think it works in their favor, though, because I people have said that a lot about, you know, the sports games that you've mentioned, like your FIFAs and your Maddens, which at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of just very minor innovation every year. I think the reason they do that, though, is if you're the kind of gamer that buys those games, like if you're a a casual gamer, but not so casual that you don't own a console, probably buy two or three games a year, and those games are probably a sports game. You know, a one of the big AAA titles, maybe two of them, and then probably a shooter. Or in the case of if you have a family, you know, maybe you've got young children in the house or whatever. Just Dance is an easy thing that everybody can play. It uh, is super popular with young girls. And, you know, I think it's one of those games that if you're in that kind of in-between super casual and, like, core, that, you know, Just Dance is probably one of the things you pick up every year. So I think when you make it every year, it's an event. It's, oh, right, there's another one. Let's buy it. You get the $60 price tag at Christmas every year from grandma or whoever, rather than, oh, what's DLC? There's more stuff for Just Dance? We don't play that anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, yeah. They just make such a fanfare about every single year at E3, and it's just like, I yeah, know. we kind of assumed this was coming. It comes every year. It's like, Do I really have to watch a panda dance? I get it. It's coming out. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Panda Dance bit. That was one of the highlights of E3 for me. There's two kinds of gamers in this world, Pixel. (laughs) Alright, so since it was a light news week, we decided to close out the show a little bit differently uh, by playing a little game. But before that, I had a question that I wanted to ask you gentlemen. Uh, We've been doing this show for a few weeks now, and uh, I thought it might be a good opportunity now to get to know each other a little bit better, let the listeners get to know us a little bit better. And I wanted to ask you guys about your first experience with a Nintendo game, or your first Nintendo console. You know, what, what was the piece of software or hardware that got you connected with Nintendo in the first place and uh, brought you here today. Does this include handhelds? Yeah, of when course. you say console. Okay. Yeah, I mean for me it's definitely the Game Boy Pocket. I didn't have an original Game Boy, but my dad had a Game Boy Pocket and I remember playing like the 007 James Bond game and Road Rash and things like that on there. That 007 game was rough. <laughs> oh, I loved it playing um blackjack and baccarat i learned how to play cards through that game it's it's absolutely crazy that's awesome i really like that's actually how i learned how to play blackjack i think yeah that's how i learned how to play blackjack and (laughs) my like my dad taught me it so i could play that because you had to like win a game of blackjack in order to do it and i kept losing (laughs) some six-year-old and i had no idea what was going on and then uh and then the following year when the game boy color came out it was pretty much what I think all I could keep talking about was how much I wanted my own Game Boy. And so I got a Game Boy Color. What color did you get? I had a solid purple Game Boy Color. Nice. Nice. Classic. So pretty much the same color as the uh, GameCube, I think it was. And yeah, the Game Boy Advance was that way too. I had the transparent Game Boy Advance when it came out. They're like frosted purple that you could see through. It was so nice. It was so nice. 
And we had a see-through Game Boy Pocket as well, which was really cool. I, I think I've got a thing for see-through electronics. Is probably why I like these Hori controllers so much. And uh, my favorite game on the Game Boy Color is probably the Game & Watch Gallery. Like I got so much time out of that. And in particular, I can't remember the name of the game, but you basically are like, um, there's Donkey Kong Jr., which is awesome, but the one I played the most, it's like this woman and she's like trying to catch sausages or something that's being fried and you got to like get it from one side of the room to the other side. I cannot remember for the life of me what that game's <laughs> called. Oh, I know that it's the, it's the chef one. It is the chef one, but I can't remember what it's called. I can see it. It's clear yeah. as day right now too. And then there's like the smash level too. Mm-hmm. I'd love to find out what it is so I could uh, get the actual game and watch console. <laughs> I'd love the actual handheld of that one. Everyone's frantically Googling to try and find out what this game and watch <laughs> game is of the, of the sausages falling. And it's a really good game. It's funny, you talked about the physical Game & Watch. Like, that's a collection I've been waiting to start for years. I, I want to get every single one of those one day. I'd love them, especially, like, like the original Donkey Kong, the what invented the D-pad, but having that, like, little piece of history, I think it would be so cool. Absolutely. So that's that's pretty good, man. So your 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 roots are very rooted in, like, the history of Nintendo. That's pretty cool. It's, it's handheld, particularly for me. The first, like, um, home console we got, that was Nintendo was a GameCube and we later we got an N64 afterwards but it was the GameCube that was the first one we got we were a PlayStation household before then and before that we were a Sega household we had a Master System and a Mega Drive have you had every Nintendo handheld since that Game Boy Color then yeah we've I've had a Game Boy Color Game Boy Advance an SP an original DS a DS Lite a DSi a DSi XL an original 3DS uh, I didn't bother with the new 3DS and then the 2DS XL Wow, they've really rinsed you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they did me good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had a pretty similar experience, honestly, Steve, with, with the handhelds. That was my, my point of entry, and I didn't I didn't get an N64 until right before the GameCube came out. So it was all about the Game Boy Color for me. And uh, it was Pokemon that got me into it, actually, which not super surprising for somebody my age. But uh, I had been into the cards already and was watching the anime and like I graduated the first grade and uh, <laughs> I got a Game Boy Color. It was the uh, classic Seafoam, you know, one that they had. I so much, yeah. Oh, that was my, that's still my favorite design. I'd love to collect all of the colors at some point as well. Oh, me too, man. I mean, Pixel Pro's probably just having a heart attack thinking about all this junk that's going to be coming off my head. <laughs> so I know how minimal you are, but... I, I do cycle through things. If, I, if I'm done with it, it goes in the bin or goes to Cherry. That's it. Oh, dude, I, I hold on to every piece of memorabilia that, like, has, like... If, if, it's a, if I'm emotionally connected to it, right? Like, I have every Pokemon toy I ever collected in the 90s. That Game Boy that I'm talking about is... Hanging on my wall right now. Uh, so yeah, but that that was the end for me. Was Pokemon Blue? Was you know I, I got a uh, a pack from Costco that had the uh, I think I mentioned it on a previous episode. It had the strategy guide, the game, and my Game Boy Color with the link cable. And uh, and I was that was it. I was hooked. You know, and I I played Pokemon like it was my career for a solid few years and obviously i played a ton of other games you know there was like uh link's awakening dx was another huge one for me the original super mario brothers when they released mario brothers deluxe original game boy color was like hugely formative for me and um you know i think to this day like it's a big reason why i have such an affinity for like pixel art and chiptune you guys make me feel really really old (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna be like oh my first fray was an original game and watch yeah no so my first console was an nes i'm not surprised to be honest what's an nes granddad all right (laughs) (laughs) and uh that's when i first got introduced to nintendo and their ip the funny thing was the first mario game i ever played was actually doki doki panic so oh. <laughs> yeah so super mario bros 2 and my first handheld was the old school big fat chunky game boy nice Along i've with... literally only held one of those like once yeah they're not very uh ergonomic <laughs> and they've got the most disgusting colored screen it's hideous yeah that you don't like that like yellowish green no. <laughs> they fixed it for the pocket thank god I think my favorite thing about the pocket was how... How you could put it in your pocket. <laughs> yes, but it, its screen looked like one of those... Um, what's that that kid's toy where you draw on it and then you shake it? Etch-a-sketch. 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 It looks like a freaking etch-a-sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely didn't go in your pocket either. I had... Um, it's kind of like a satchel. Sa- satchel? 
a bag that you carry and that's how i carried it around you had to put it in its own little bag chuck it on your shoulder honestly i like i like that you described it as a satchel because i'm thinking of you at like you know like what 10 years old or whatever like running around like indiana jones with your game boy <laughs> <in> your hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're, it's like a, a door is closing behind you and you got to grab your copy of tetris before it crushes you <laughs> <laughs> i did have tetris that's how i carried my uh game boy color as well it looked like a giant game boy that you put the game boy color in and then you it had space for like the game boy and all the cartridges and stuff and I put like yeah, I put it in there. I remember, and that I carried that everywhere. It was just ridiculous. It's like oversized, humongous Game Boy. <laughs> to be to be fair, it probably wasn't that big. We were just really small. That's, That's true, true. Yeah, that is true. I uh, I had a similar kind of case with um my Game Boy Advance, where it it, it was kind of like the Switch case, where it was like just this kind of big. Not big, but kind of gaudy, like, little thing that was too big for your pocket. So I was always carrying it around, and it always looked like I was, like, a college girl with a clutch about to go to the club, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I feel every time I walk around with my, my Switch, I'm just like, do people think I'm doing my taxes or something? Like, I just have this random little portfolio. Did, what games did you have on the NES? Like, what connected you, like, because I know you're a massive Zelda fan. Was that where you first played it? No, I, I had some really weird games because my mum picked them for me because I was really young, obviously. I had some kind of submarine game that I never got past like the first level or I never <laughs> knew how to progress. So I just repeatedly played that intro bit over and over again. Super Mario Bros. 2, which I did enjoy. And that kind of got me into Mario. And I, I can't really remember the rest. I think they were just like really weird kind of shovelware titles. That the guy at Toys R Us had convinced my mum with really good ideas to purchase. So, <laughs> yeah, have tennis. <laughs> yeah, um, Game Boy. It was Tetris, Battletoads, Hell and yeah. the Yoshi game that's been released on this nice. now on the Switch. That's why I love it so much. God bless parents in those days, man. Like when you just had no frame of reference and you're just buying whatever looks good. Like the amount of games that I got from family members, where I'm just like, where the fuck did you find this and why did you think this was the thing for me but god bless them they met well my my dad is is really into video games even still today so i was quite lucky in that i always got quite good video games because he would either watch a tv show that was on like in the rare occasion they would discuss a video game back in the 90s probably like live and kicking or something back then or by magazines so like he's been into video games since like the zx spectrum and things like that and so he's he still plays them today. So your dad's a G, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's awesome. I was just enjoying Pete's face when you said alive and kick, and he was like, what? what's he on about? <laughs> <laughs> All of our British listeners of a certain age will know what live and kicking is. I know what it means. <laughs> no, you don't. It's a TV show that was on on Saturday morning. Oh, I thought you just meant, like, the idiom. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird way to say that, but okay. It was a TV show with Zoe Ball and Jamie Thinkston. It, it, it was ridiculous and terrible, but they would like sometimes have some like an expert on to talk about video games and things. <laughs> Pete, do you know what Wonky Donkey is? No, I have no idea what Wonky Donkey is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to do this all day later. <laughs> well, just ask him about British things yeah. and see if he knows anything. I'm, I'm telling you guys, we got to come up, we got to just start a sister show and we'll call it Coast to Coast. And each week we'll just pick some obscure <laughs> thing from each other's culture and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, what's your favorite franchise or game now? Mm. It's difficult. I think probably Splatoon, to be honest, of my favorite of the, huh. the new franchises that are available on the Switch at the moment. It's, I've spent the most time with Splatoon. I never really got into Zelda. I didn't, I didn't really play the N64 games and going back and playing them now, it's painful for me to play. And I know it's just because they're a game of their time, but they are so linear and so tedious to get through. And I, I like Wind Waker because it's really, really pretty and I really want that to come to the Switch. So it's either a toss up between Zelda, although someone says that Breath of the Wild's not a real Zelda game and it's it's uh it's not true to it's not true to the series, so I couldn't possibly say that that's uh, that's my favourite franchise, so in that case Splatoon. I can't believe that you uh threw shade at Zelda, the uh, N sixty four version, which is Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, which are two of the highest rated games of all time. I know, I, <laughs> no, just don't know, like I only them. have a Majora's Mask <laughs> tattoo on my body, Steve. <laughs> I just, I really don't like them. They look, they look brown and boring, and 
No, you're a bad person. Did you play the 3DS versions? <laughs> I played some of the 3DS version, but I mainly tried playing it on an N64. No, so get the 3DS versions, and you're going to have to play through the whole of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. That, that's that's okay, a request. Okay, I mean, we can do that as a future games club if you really want. I can play through Ocarina of Time and tell you how much I dislike it along the way. I, I've tried three or four times to finish Ocarina of Time, and I just can't do it. Did you get to the Water Temple? No. Oh, you haven't even got to the hard bit yet. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you even get oh, to great. The, did you even get to the the part where you become an adult or you burning out on the great deku tree every time? Yeah, I know I did that. I got I became an adult. I got the shield, did all that stuff. All right. I think I can remember. And I don't like that you had to learn all the music as well. As we found out in the last what? episode, I'm terribly musically challenged. I can't remember music. It literally <laughs> shows you the buttons in There's the menu. There's a songbook. <laughs> You didn't have to remember anything. You just opened your menu and went up oh, right well, down. You know, guys, I didn't I know that. I like one of the most iconic parts of the game. You know, fuck, fucking music, whatever. Forget I like it. The bit in, I like the bit in Wind Waker where you're the composer and you're doing the thing with the C-stick. That's cool. And I really like the way Wind Waker looks and I like the gameplay of Wind Waker. It's, it's the same the mechanic. the same thing! But it's not, it's not brown. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Your kid's brown. The main, the most iconic part of the game is a giant <laughs> green field. <laughs> you can, see, can you imagine Steve's review at the very end? So what did you think of Ocarina of Time? Uh, brown? <laughs> it's brown and I don't like music. <laughs> right, okay. If I seriously, do I seriously need to play the game? Because if it is worth persisting with, I will go back and play Ocarina it. Ocarina of Time is the highest rated video game of all time. I think play the 3DS version. Like, if you're having a, a problem with the graphics and that sort of stuff, the 3DS version is much cleaner, and I think that's the best version to try and go back to, for sure. Okay. I will I will try and report back in a future episode. We doing a game club? We doing this? We got to break out the 3DS and play Ocarina of Time for the 20th time? Let's do this. <laughs> we can do it if that's what you want to do. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. You tell us. Anyway, what are your two favorite franchises? Which pixel you start? What's your favorite franchise? I think I know what it is. My favorite franchise is Zelda. No, I thought you were going to say Pikmin. And Pikmin. I genuinely yeah! thought you were going to say Pik- Pikmin. Pikmin's my second. Okay. All right. I haven't played all the Pikmin games, so I can't really call that my favorite. I don't favorite think that yet. You can be, you can, you can love a franchise without having played everything. Like, I really like Mario games, but I've not played every single one of them. He name dropped Zelda, and he just said he hates Ocarina of Time. <laughs> And he, ha- and he hasn't played Smash Bros. before. Why am I on this podcast? That's essentially what we're coming to. Guy, like, why am I here? <laughs> Favorite Nintendo game of all time, Spyro the Dragon. <laughs> it's Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> what, Pete, what about you? Yeah, Pete. Uh, for me, I, I think it's got to be Pokemon. You know, with like maybe an honorable mention for Mario. Even having Majora's Mask tattooed onto yourself, it's still Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I love Zelda, but uh, Pokemon was, it was my first game, and it is the franchise that I have invested the most time in by a pretty wide margin. I've played every single one of the games in the series except for Black and White and Black and White 2 because Gen 5 is bad, but, uh, and then the competitive play is a huge part of my regular gaming diet, you know, uh, ever since Gen 4. And uh, I play Pokemon Showdown every week sometimes every day if i'm at uh you know a, a a heavy using point where if you're not familiar pokemon showdown is like a browser-based competitive pokemon tool where you can you know put together teams and play people online to like test out your teams and stuff like you just that made, you made it sound like a drug i you know i'm a heavy user <laughs> yeah i gotta shoot that right in my veins i was to say what about like the offshoot ones like stadium or snap you into those uh, it depends. I loved Snap as a kid. I would love another Pokemon Snap on Switch where you could use AR to like move the Switch That'd around. That'd be so good. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Honestly, that should be a mobile game. Like, they should integrate Pokemon Snap into Pokemon Go. That'd be fine too. And, uh, you know, I think Pokemon Stadium was great. There's been plenty of good, you know, spinoffs. Like, I, I enjoyed the Mystery Dungeon series when it first came out. You know, there, there have been plenty of other ones, but in terms of what I think when I think Pokemon, it's... It's the core franchise, it's the RPG, it's the turn-based stuff. Like, whenever I hear casual Pokemon fans being like, oh, I want them to do away with turn-based and, like, get, give me, like, a, an action RPG, and I'm like, you bite your tongue. Turn-based Pokemon at the high level is the deepest strategy game I've ever played. How do you feel about that, like, being ripped out for catching Pokemon in Let's Go? I'm not a fan. Uh, it is it is my 
primary issue with Pokemon Let's Go, and I could talk about that for an entire main topic, and probably will when the game comes out, so don't don't let me get down that rabbit hole. Okay. What's your favorite Pokemon game out of all of them so far? Like, if I was to say to you I've only played Blue, which is true, what would you recommend I play next? I would honestly just say you should just go next, like, go with Gold and Silver. I, I think uh, my, my favorites are... For different reasons, one, two, and four. I, I really love the original games because of their tone. I think there's a, a weirdness and a, a edge, a darkness to the original Pokemon games that got lost when it became a worldwide sensation and it, it, they kind of sanded the edges down, you know, to make it more, I think, palatable, you know, for, for a broader commercial audience. What was that really creepy town that was, uh, I can't remember the name. Lavender. Yeah. Right, where there's, like, the Pokemon um, mausoleum, and, you know, there was, like, you talk to Lieutenant Surge, and there was, like, this great war, you know. uh, That creepy music as well. You have an absent father. Yeah, right, like, there's there's this... There's this melancholy to the original game that I I really miss, you know, and and that tone is unique to those games and is very special. And then I think the second game is probably... If I was pushed to pick one, it's probably my favorite. I love that Dex of Pokemon. Uh, Johto is a great region. When you finish the game, there's an entire post-game where you get to go back to Kanto like five years later and see how the world has changed and grown. You get to fight your original character from the first game. And, and there's just, there's so much there. And it, it really meaningfully built on the franchise and fixed a lot of the problems with the first game while not moving too far away from that original tone and vision. And then four, I also really like and highly recommend because uh, that was when they really elevated the battle mechanics. Four was when they, you know, we had uh, natures, we had Pokemon abilities. There was more significant changes that have come since then that I appreciate, but that was really in my mind when competitive battling got standardized to a point where it was the kind of the sport that it's become, you know, and, and I, I really love that generation. Which one's Pokemon 4? So that is uh, Platinum, and then before that, Diamond and Pearl. So before they even get onto the DS, right? That was DS. That was the first ones on the DS. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I I think those games are exceptional. And then in that generation is the Gold and Silver remakes they did, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I think if if I was going to tell you, if you were telling me I'm only ever going to play one Pokemon game, what's the one I should play? That's the one. Let's Go is a remake of Gold. No, no. Let's go is a remake of Yellow. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Let's go is a remake of Yellow, and you said you like Yellow because that's the second one, right? That's the first. Yeah, it's an adaptation of okay. the first one. Right. Which is okay. Red and, blue. and gold is the second. Yeah, gold, silver, crystal is the second gen. Right. Okay. What's the third gen then? Ruby and Sapphire. Right. Okay. And that was the game. And don't get me wrong. I love Gen Three as well. But if if you're asking me what are my favorites, it's one, two, and four. I think each for different reasons, but they all really brought something meaningful to the table. So you've covered handheld games, and what about home console titles? What's your favorite franchise in that kind of area? Uh, I think for that, it's it's a toss-up between Mario and Zelda. I It's such a mood thing if I prefer third-person action or, or 2D platformers, you know? So it's, it's kind of, what mood are you in that day? Because, you know, Super Mario World is one of my all-time favorite games, but so is Wind Waker. Uh, so is Odyssey. Right? So um, it's specifically the 2D Marios that you prefer to the 3D? I I do prefer the 2D Marios because I like platformers, but I love 3D Mario as well. Like I, you know, I think Odyssey was was my favorite game of of 2017 by uh, a pretty tight margin against you know some hefty competition from Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn. But I don't like Mario 64 or uh, Sunshine or even Galaxy as much as any of the other 2D offerings. Okay. I can't wait to see the comments about this podcast now. <laughs> Everyone's just We're throwing like, out some controversial opinions here. We've just lost a thousand subscribers or something. It's all <laughs> going down the bin. To be fair, though, I bet you'll be surprised. I think more people will agree with me about the 2D Mario thing because they traditionally sell a lot better than the 3D ones. So I bet I think there's a lot of people that feel that. We'll be able to compare New Super Mario Brothers U sells, sorry, New Super Mario U Deluxe sells with Super Mario Odyssey. And we'll see which one. The problem with that is people that own the Wii U, like me, aren't going to go out of their way to buy that game again. You don't think people will rebuy? I think a lot of people rebought, like Mario Kart, for example. I think 
a lot of people will, but I think Mario Kart's a little different because it's got the multiplayer angle. It's that it's got that like like forever enjoyment to it. Yeah, like that's a game that you'll play for the next five to ten years if they don't put out another one. You know, whereas this is the kind of game I think where you play it, you have your experience, and then if it's good enough, you go back to it. But I I think the new Super Mario Brothers like style has gotten a little stale Mm -hmm. i think the game to compare odyssey to is when they give us the next new 2d mario game that has like a new style and you know a new gimmick rather than just hey it's the 3d models it's multiplayer and you're competing against each other like the last four or five 2d mario games have felt very samey and i think it's time for a refresh hey you got the helicopter hat which is great. I'm not, you know, those games are all fun. They're not what about, bad. And- what about Peachette? She's new. With the crown and put that on Toad. <laughs> Talk to me when we've got Bowsette. <laughs> right, okay. I think with that, we'll move on to a quiz that I have prepared Jesus. for you two. Yeah, let's do it. And we shall see who will reign king of the podcast. Right, Pete. I think for this hands in the air so we know not we know we're not googling anything. Yeah, no cheating. Yeah. Right, the quiz is essentially I've got the disc- I've got descriptions of games that have all shown on Nintendo platforms. I'm going to read them out and I'm going to blank out specific sections. You have to say your name, Pixel, you could just say Pixel rather than Pixel Pod cuz otherwise you're at a disadvantage to Pete. <laughs> and say what you think the game is. If you fail, the other person gets to hear the rest of the description and they can choose to answer it or not answer it or pass. And whoever gets the most points at the end, I've got 10 descriptions. Whoever gets the most points at the end wins and will remain victori- victorious until the next quiz. All right, I like this. Let's do it. Okay. Are these all Nintendo games? They are not all Nintendo games, but they have all shown up on Nintendo platforms. Okay. Okay. The majority of them are on the Switch. Some of them are from other consoles. All right, hit us. Okay, so we'll start off easy. And you have to remember, shout your name when you think you know the answer. Two years have passed since the original Blank game was released, and two years have also passed in Blank, so expect a fresh wave of fashion, not to mention some weapons and gear. Dual wield the Blank, or stick to mainstays like Blank and Blank, which may have been remixed with strategic possibilities. As always, Blank is the favourite sport among Blanks. But they also (laughs) dig... (laughs) dig Blank. Pete, is that Splatoon? It is Splatoon 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two years have passed since the original Splatoon game has released, and two years have also passed in the Incopolis. Yeah, it was when you said that it's like the favorite sport or pastime or whatever, I was like, oh, yep, okay, I remember that. Yeah, the, the dual wielding thing threw me off. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> and that was the, uh, that was the Julies. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. Dual wield the blank. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hopefully the next one's a little bit easier, so get ready. Jump in to be the last one standing in the free 100-player blank. Build huge forts, outwit your opponents, earn your victory. Squad up together online with friends in the same room or around the world. Shape the battlefield by building your own cover. Opponent hiding behind a wall? Take out their uh, cover uh, to get the edge. Is that Mario Rabbids? No. No. Uh, is it Fortnite? It's Fortnite. Oh, yes! I, I, <laughs> I still haven't played Fortnite. Oh, but you, you must have known like a free 100 player blank. No, I just heard hide behind something and I thought Mario Rabbids. <laughs> okay. Don't invite me to a pub quiz anytime soon. Pete's at two and Pixel's at zero. Right, so you're a catch up. Ready for the next one. As blank's stranded miniature blank, you must find the missing 30 parts your spaceship needs to get you back home. These parts are scattered across a forested area that's crowded with giant, when compared to our hero's size, animals and other hazards. Blank stumbles across the part animal, part plant, all bizarre creatures he names Blank. Pixel. Is Pikmin 3? It's just Pikmin, but I'll give Oh, it's it. Pikmin 1. <laughs> oh yeah, Pikmin 3 is collecting the fruit. Yeah, it's just Pikmin 1. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that though, if, I if you agree. should have said Pikmin. <laughs> Give it to him though. You gave I I said Splatoon and you gave me that one. So okay, right, ready for the next one. The blank has been torn apart by a mysterious vortex, transporting the chaotic blank into this once peaceful land. To restore order, blank, 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 and blank must team up with a whole new crew, four blank heroes. Together they oh, will. Pete, this is Mario. Plus it is. It is Mario Rabbids. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what's that, three to one? It's three to one. All right. Next one. 
Descend into darkness and brave the depths of a forgotten kingdom in blank, an atmospheric and challenging 2D action adventure for Nintendo Switch. Explore the vast interconnected world of Blank, unravel ancient mysteries, and conquer a menacing evil. Buried far beneath the fading town of Blank sleeps Blank, a once great civilization now fallen to wreck and ruin. Explorers and thieves are drawn below the surface in search of riches and glories, answers to old secrets, but amongst these plundered halls now roam tainted creatures and bizarre beasts corrupted by a sweet, sickly poison that seeps through the soil. <laughs> what? None of you have I a clue. Have no, no idea. Do you want to hear it again? Or do you just don't think you're gonna get it? I don't. I don't think I'm gonna get it. Like, I, I at first I thought it was Axiom Verge, and then you were like the Quiet Town. I was like, guess not. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hollow Knight. Oh, okay. oh, I definitely would not have guessed that. <laughs> okay. Since the series' debut in 1987, Blank's games have been the stuff of legend, universally appealing adventures that emerge as beloved triumphs of gameplay, presentation, innovation, graphics, and fun. In Blank, Blank debuts on the GameCube with a new cartoon-style look, but the game Pixel. is... Wind Waker? It is Wind Waker. Yeah. Damn it. As soon as you said cartoon style. <laughs> okay, you're at three to two. Next one. Set for an adventure in Blank. Venture out with your poke. Oh, shit. <laughs> Pixel? Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, right, okay, it's a, it's a Pokemon game, so you've got a clue. Pokemon, let's go. No, you have to wait. <laughs> Venture out with your blank on expeditions across blank in search of loot in this free-to-start action adventure for Nintendo. Pixel. Oh, Pixel. Um, Pokemon Quest, is it? It's Quest, yeah. yeah. Damn it. Sorry, that was my fault for bloody saying Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all tied up now. We are, yeah, three to three. Remember, don't don't read the, the name of the uh, game. I will try. I will try not to. <laughs> Legendary game worlds and blank collide in the ultimate showdown. And ent- uh, Pete, Super Smash Brothers. Yes, it is. I will let you have it. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Damn it. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said like crossover or whatever. And I was like, okay. ah, yeah, this one. All right. <laughs> Blank has a lot of work to do in his very first starring role. He needs to find his missing brother, Blank, in a creepy and mysterious haunted Blank. Pixel. Oh, Pixel. Damn it. Uh, Luigi's Mansion? It's Luigi's Mansion, yeah. Son of a bitch. For a piece. Become Blank, wielder of Blank, as he runs, jumps, and battles in a quest for his lost beloved. Take down the... Defer- oh, Pete. Shovel Knight. Yes, Shovel Knight. Yes! Yes, I win with my favorite game! Okay, we've got a couple more left. Oh, I thought it was only 10. We haven't done 10, have we? Oh, really? Oh, maybe we have. Do you want to keep going? I think we... Well, because we both... You've done 10, yeah. You did did win, but I've got some bonus ones if you want. Uh, All right. I mean, I I still win, though, right? You do still win. As, as long as I still win, it's as fine. long as as long as the victory is not obscured by these bonus questions. I mean, that's technically, fine. it's only been nine because one of like none of you could get uh, Hollow Knight. So yeah, but you you did ask ten questions. I think I people did, won yeah. fair and square. You did. Otherwise, win. otherwise, you're just setting us up for a tiebreaker. <laughs> and you know, I think yeah, no, that's fine. I've got I've got a couple of bonus rounds. But yeah, Pete is Pete is victorious. You're right. I love how Woo! you you like kept track of that so dead on, so you would win. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get a tattoo of it in his arm next. <laughs> <laughs> just like a, uh, what do they call them? Tally marks, just to like how many times he's won the quizzes on the show. Yeah, li- little tiny shovel knights next to each other. <laughs> I just like I end up going to prison and people are like, "Oh, geez, I wonder if that's how many people he's killed." Like, no, <laughs> Nintendo trivia competitions won. Okay, I've got one really difficult one. I think is really difficult. I was going to blank out the names, but I won't bother blanking out the names, and I'll see if either of you get it anyway. And then I've got two easy ones that we can just have as bonus. Uh, yeah, listeners will enjoy it anyway, if you're playing along at home. A new breed of heroes arrive on N64 in this massive action adventure. Choose between three different ready-for-action heroes, Juno, Vela, and Lupus the Dog. Each character has its own distinct style with differences in power and abilities. Over t- Jet Force Gemini? It's Jet Force Gemini, yeah. Would you have got it if I had blanked out... Juno, Vela, and Lupus the dog. If you had said blank the dog, I think I would have. I would have said blank the dog. Yeah. As soon as as soon as I heard the dog, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, three playable characters and there's a dog. Jeff Force. Okay, you've inherited your grandfather's old blank 
in blank. Armed with the hand-me-down tools and a few coins, you set out to begin your new life. Can you learn to live off the land and turn these blank into a thriving home? It won't be easy ever since blank came to town. The old ways of life have all but disappeared. The community centre, once the town's vibrant hub of activity, now lives in shambles. Pete, Stardew Valley. Yeah, Stardew Valley. Yes! <laughs> I'm getting rinsed here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's the last one. In case, in case there was any doubt that I win. <laughs> <laughs> in this action-adventure puzzle game, Paper Pals, Blank and Blank, must cut each other up to overcome tricky Pete. obstacles. Snipper clips. Yeah. What is up? I knew it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you say then? You should have shouted your name out. You shouted before me, so I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm quick, I'm quick. So that's seven to four for Pete. We should have left it at ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd like to just take this opportunity to thank God, my family, uh, <laughs> Stephen for being such a gracious host. Uh, <laughs> so this was fun. I, I had a good time with this. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased, but if you guys want to see us do another one of these quizzes, make sure you let us know in the comments down below. Hit us up at potscast at loopots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at loopots.com. Follow at loopots on Twitter or visit us at loopots.com. And let us know what you thought about the game, uh, our main topic, you know, any any other stuff we discussed this week. Uh, chime in. We'd love to hear from you. And if uh, you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read some of your thoughts on the air. So with that, it's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. We'll catch you all next week.